Hey, big anniversary coming up, kind of difficult. Think back to 2019, December 2019. We start hearing about COVID-19, coronavirus. It's in some distant place. It'll never come to us. And then you fast forward into January 2020 and February 2020 and March, everything shuts down. And for the last two years, we have had our lives completely altered by COVID-19. And I just wanted to take a few minutes with you to kind of reflect and take a high level view of what has taken place over the last two years. Our lives have all been impacted. I would imagine, if not all, we've had loved ones get seriously ill. We've known people who have died. It's been a tragedy on so many fronts. It's altered our lives. Difficult, painful, grief, questions, confusions. Where is God? How do we handle these things? So I want to kind of take a minute to look in a big picture way at what's taken place and kind of look at a timeline of what life was like in 2020 and what life was like in 2021 and what life is like now in 2022 and look at a number of important categories, kind of ask questions and then step back and synthesize and maybe help just think through what does this mean and how have our lives changed over the last two years? So let's go on this little journey of thinking through things together. Here we go. So COVID-19 and these important categories. I mean, so many people have talked about the science, follow the science, follow the science. So let's talk about the science of COVID-19 in 2020. Right at the beginning, there are more questions right? We, we didn't have any science. All we knew were people were dying and this thing was float. Was it airborne? Uh, did we have to wash our food? Like how, how, what was going on? And we saw pictures of people on ventilators and people are dying and we're hearing all this. So I'm not sure what the science was early on. We had more questions than we have answers. And safety. All of us wanted to be safe. And so we were hyper-cautious in 2020. It was like we did whatever it took. I remember going to the grocery store, right? In those early days, it was like a major thing. We had to take a shower when we came back in and cleaning the groceries and washing everything because we just didn't know what the science was and how it was gonna impact us. So everybody was hyper-cautious. We were as safe as we could be. We did whatever it took to mitigate risk. And the government. And the government, um, does what governments do. They politicize. So maybe March 2020, for maybe two weeks, everybody seemed to be on the same page, working together. But then quickly, D and R, Democrat, Republican, Independent, all went to their sides and started to politicize. Seemed like everything. And it was hard to decipher. We, we couldn't even be unified for that long. It became politicized. And our doctors and nurses, we were told in the beginning that we should flatten the curve. Remember that language? That if we worked together, if we were hyper-cautious, if we followed the science, we would flatten the curve. And that was all about not overrunning our hospitals, right? Because we didn't know what was going on and we didn't want to run out of medical care and have our ICUs filled up. And so we were talking about flattening the curve for our doctors and nurses to protect them. And what about our neighbors? I mean, the conversation with neighbors is always about love, right? So we didn't know how to love our neighbors, but we were 
hyper-cautious. We tried to love people by being super conservative and whatever we could do to show love to anyone, that's what we did do. And when we talk about overall health, here's what I mean. We're composite beings, right? We're made up of a physical, we're spiritual, we're emotional, we're mental, we're relational people. We're super composite. And so in those early days, whatever we needed to do for our physical health, we were willing to do because it was like, okay, we don't know what's happening physically with this disease. We didn't know what the science was, but we knew we needed to be hyper-cautious. And so it was like, okay, if for a couple weeks we need to be super careful, then we're going to do it because it's worth it. And for a couple weeks, a couple months, right, in those early days, it was okay for us to put our physical health above every other part of who we were. Whatever we needed to do, we'd be okay because you can do anything for a season. That was 2020. So now let's look at the same categories in 2021. So in the category of science, I mean, you still have lots of questions, but remember early 2021 is when the vaccines start to show up. And scientists have put through this major effort to put vaccines together and the scientists have figured out what they could do to sort of beat this disease. But there's still a lot of questions and lots of concern. And when we think of our safety, we start to be cautiously optimistic. Remember, it was like, man, maybe we're a year in, maybe we're getting to the end of this. We got vaccines, we kind of have a handle on it, less ventilators, less people dying, hospitalization is coming down. Okay, we're optimistic. It's cautious, but we're optimistic of what's taking place. Government? Uh, yeah, there's still politicizing everything, making everything about whatever sort of category of D or R or independent, they're taking sides and using this to the advantage of politics. Then when we get to doctors and nurses, man, we may leave flattening the curve and what we find is a medical community that's just absolutely exhausted. I mean, they've worked around the clock, extra shifts, trying to deal with the unknowns. I mean, they're dealing with not, not enough data, trying to figure out what to do and how to care. Remember, it's the practice of medicine. I mean, they're, they're doing everything they can to try to help people. And our doctors and nurses are getting exhausted. And our neighbors, we're going to keep loving them, right? And so it's figuring out ways in this new 2021 of how to love our neighbor. And what does that look like in that year? Uh, there's sacrifices that we have to make. When you ever think, whenever you think about loving your neighbor, there's always sacrifices that we have to make. But what does it look like? What does it mean? We're asking that self questions and overall health. My sense is all of us felt fragile. There was a sense that emotionally, mentally, spiritually, relationally, physically, it's like, okay, maybe there's coming to the end of this, but we're not really sure and everything's sort of delicate. We understand more physically in 2021 about the disease, but we're teetering a little bit emotionally, mentally. We're seeing addiction rise, seeing suicide numbers and mental health things start to rise and everyone's still a little on edge, a little fragile. And we get one year later, 2022, 
now the conversation on science is vaccines, variants, and data, right? Vaccines, major push, but now these variants show up and there's changing how vaccines work and how the science reads. But now in 2022, there's a ton of data from so many sources. Two years in, lots and lots of data to look at, to consider, to try to figure out what is the science. And we continue to hear the phrase, look at the science, follow the science. There's plenty of data to look at. Uh, we'll have more data in the years ahead, but there's two years of data now. When we think about safety, I think we're moving to a point of individual choice that the risk that each one of us takes when it comes to COVID-19 is a choice that we make. I mean, no one at this point is unaware of the cost and the consequences of this disease. It has been around long enough that nobody can be ignorant and everyone's making on the safety world, making individual choices and government Yep, our politicians still politicizing. Nurses and doctors, I think they've moved beyond exhausted to exhausted and frustrated. I mean, they're looking at everything that's going on around our world and they're looking at two years of sacrifice that they've made. They're looking at the confusion of science and data and our medical workers are tired, really tired and frustrated. Frustrated with the medical community, frustrated with the media, frustrated with politics, frustrated with the community. And I think if you know any medical providers, they're on the edge. They're struggling big time. And when it comes to our neighbors, what does it look like to love now? It's a little different. It's changing all the time. How you love in each of these moments of time changes. It really does, but we're still called, responsible, privileged to love our neighbors at every instance. And lastly, overall health. I'm going to use the word altered. Again, when you think of your life, physical, emotional, spiritual, relational, mental, we've been altered. You could use the word damaged. I don't know if that's the right word, but there is damage that this entire thing has done to us overall as relational, emotional, mental, spiritual, physical beings. So here in March of 2022, when you step back from all of this and kind of look at it, you might have other categories, you might have other insights. This is just one guy's thoughts as I try to synthesize all that's taken place and kind of look across these years, and I look at science and the terms follow the science and the amount of data, the amount of confusion and the amount of data that we now have. And what I think is interesting about data, when our world looks at data, how is it that we can look at the same data and come up with different interpretations of it? I mean, that concerns me that two different people, two different scientists, two different doctors, two different are looking at the same data and coming up with different interpretations of that, that's concerning. But there's plenty of data. So we have no issue with the amount of data now. And I think as we study the data over time, right, as we add more data to it, there's going to be 
patterns and truths that emerge that are going to move past hypothesis to actual scientific fact. And we're waiting for more data. But interesting when you follow the science and you concerns me that people have different interpretations of the same science. And I think about safety. Safety is an interesting category. I mean, we all want to be safe, right? I want my kids to be safe. I want my family. I want my neighbors to be safe. I want to be safe. But one of the things that I've noticed about safety in our modern culture is that safety has actually become like a functional god. I mean, to some, safety, physical safety, has become the highest value. It actually has taken on a form of religion for some that eliminate all physical risk becomes some people's highest form of living when that's just not realistic. It's impossible to eliminate all risk. It just doesn't happen. To be alive is to take risks. So I hate to burst your bubble. Like to be alive is to take risks and we are all going to die. And I think one of the things I've noticed about our society is a lot of people think that with science and medicine and trying to avoid any kind of risk, that you're actually going to live forever. I hate to tell you this, but nobody gets out alive. And so physically, we are all going to die. And so if your highest form of living is eliminating physical risk, are you really living? I question whether that has become a God in our society, that we actually worship safety instead of backing up and going, that's just one aspect of our lives together, living safe. And let's talk about our government. I honestly believe that every politician gets into politics because they want to serve people. That's where everybody starts. But something happens <laughs> when you get to Washington or get to a state capitol or get into some kind of power where it seems like every person who started out with well-intention or at least the vast majority sets that side to serve their own political agenda. And I know this, government programs and politicians aren't going to be what fixes this. It's just not possible that we can relegate the change that's needed, the health that's needed, the love and the service and the goodness that's needed in our schools, in our neighborhoods, in our communities to our politicians because they've shown their true colors to us. I'm not dissing every politician. I know you care, but I don't get why our politicians are so divided on all these things and there's so much government red tape on every side of the aisle that I'm not going to wait for the altered health of our society to be cared for by politicians. So this whole idea that government has politicize this pandemic is super concerning to me because Democrat or Republican, really, we can't set aside our lines of politics to serve people. Where are we seeing politicians walk across the aisle to say we need to compromise together for the sake of people? I saw almost no examples across two years of people willing to walk across the aisle. Instead, what you notice is everybody's in their camp and happily staying in their camp. Very few, if any, are stopping to say, how can we serve people and how can we meet in the middle 
to make sure we care for and serve people. And if, if we put up here, not government, but media or social media, and we tried to assess what media and social media was doing during these three years, you see that our media is just trying to make money and promote influence and politics as well. All the channels are just pushing an agenda instead of serving facts and people and our social media platforms. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but government and media and social media has politicized and made money and divided us instead of united us. I was thinking about medical workers, doctors and nurses, and just seeing the trend that's gone across their lives. And honestly, I don't, I don't know what it's like to be a doctor or a nurse or a tech in the medical world right now. I just know they're tired and they deserve an incredible amount of respect and gratitude as a society. What they're dealing with, what they're seeing on the daily, what they're bombarded with, just makes me have such high respect for our workers and we owe them a debt of gratitude. Some Christians are formulating this thought that love means eliminating the risk totally for someone else. I just don't think that's love. Love means there's going to be risk. It means sacrificing, yes, but boy, every time I get in the car and drive, I'm taking a risk. And I don't leave my car in the garage to eliminate the risk of somebody else on the road. I, I do everything I can that's wise and smart to love my neighbor, but it's impossible for love to eliminate the risk for someone else. Last category, overall health. I'm super concerned. Again, we're composite, physical, relational, mental, emotional, spiritual beings, and we're resilient. We'll be okay for a season, but we're also delicate, fragile humans. Like, all the change that's taken place has altered us. I, again, could use the word damaged us. I'm so concerned about our kids. I'm so concerned about our college students and our seniors who have been isolated. Isolation is devastating to humans' overall health. And electronics, while they're incredible, they're, it's a gift to have Zoom and all the stuff we have, FaceTime, gifts, it can't replace face-to-face, hand-to-hand, heart-to-heart relationships. It's going to take years for us to see all the ways we've been altered by COVID-19. So let me just do something real quick. Maybe let's take these down and ask a more important question. Maybe not the question, where's the government in this? Like, where's God in this? I mean, I think this is a question that we all ask and we wonder. Like, how, where's God in all this? And where do we intersect with God in our responsibility? One of the things that the church Christians have done throughout the pandemic is they've tried to make all of this about fear or faith. Where's God in all this? Well, you're either someone who is afraid of everything or someone who has faith in God, as if it's that simple. That's way too simple, right? Where is God in all this? And how do I enter? I'm either someone who is afraid of everything and I have no faith, or someone who has faith and who's just disregarding all the science. That's way too limiting. Let's try this approach. Maybe 
we erase this. Maybe here's some different words to think about. Wisdom, humility, and faith. Instead of making it about, am I afraid or do I have faith? Wait, how about wisdom? The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom which means having a proper understanding of the fact that there is a God, He's sovereign over all things, and if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have an awe, a respect for the Creator, the Sovereign, the one who holds all things together. And wisdom is understanding that God is sovereign and He gives us each other to help one another, right? Wisdom isn't something I can have just in my own mind. I need the collective understanding and interaction with other people, people who have a different perspective, people that are lived a little bit longer, people that are smarter, people that have more education, people that are like me but not totally like me. When I interact with God and I interact with others, I gain wisdom. If I only talk to people who think like me, act like me, live like me, I'm not growing wise. What would it look like as individuals if we had a fear of God and awe of who He is and wisdom, collective understanding shared among other people with a level of humility that we don't know everything? In all of these categories, we just don't know everything. And one of my concerns about many people as we approach the pandemic is how you lived in 2020 and how you thought in 2020 is exactly the same as how you think in 2022. That's not humble and that's not wise. Things grow, things change. There's more data, there's more understanding. I can interact with people who think differently. I can change the news channel. I can go to a different social media platform. I can change and grow and be different if I'm humble. The proud hunkers down in these categories and say, this is what I think and there's no way I can think differently. That's not wise or humble. And if wisdom, biblical wisdom, that's collected and shared among brothers and sisters in Christ, informed by the Spirit and the Bible, is coupled with humility and a robust faith in God that's bigger, stronger, that begins to change us as individuals. It changes our perspective. It changes our outlook. It changes how we love people. It changes communities, it changes schools, it changes governments, it changes everything. Follower of Christ, this is real talk. Here's the deal, when you make this about fear or faith, if it's that simple, no. But if you approached all of this and all the impact and all the ways this has altered us and all the consequences that have come from COVID-19 in two years, if we approach it with wisdom, and humility and we couple that with faith in a living God who cares. That's what's gonna change me individually. That's what's gonna change my family. That's what's gonna change our school boards. That's what's gonna change our local government and our federal government. Be the kind of person who pursues wisdom and humility right here and right now. And that is what will overcome and take us to health in the future. See you next time.